Hey guys, welcome to Operation PlayStation Volume 2, Episode 5. I'm one of your hosts, Dash, along with my co-host, Mr. Jeremy Bradetich. How are you, dude? Pretty good, man. How are you? Yeah, doing... Oh, doing good, doing good. I'm just a little bit sleepy, but... You know that 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 comes with uh, the job of uh, just keeping up with all the news and everything else. So, yep. what can you do? Um, got anything new this week? Uh, we got Minimap Cast episode sixty nine. Haha, nice. Um, which <laughs> which was good. Um, we recorded that uh, about three hours ago now. Um, yeah. so I am like. I'm having a podcast day, um, but it was great. It was like a really funny episode, and I'm talking about this really wild story about um, Titanfall hackers taking down the Titanfall servers to try and get hired by Respawn to resurrect a game that got cancelled. It's like it's a wild story that we talk about. It's um, it was good fun. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I'm I'm keen to to listen to that one, man. Especially after um the deep cut you had uh, last week. <laughs> which was Wait, uh, which one? Which deep cut that are you talking about? There was a few. Oh, uh, the um, uh, the oh god, the character, the character that you were uh, brought up. Um, I'm blanking here now too. Oh, Blasto! There we are, Blasto. That's the one. Blasto, I was like, oh yeah, shit, Blasto! Bring back oh, Blasto! <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was listening to that clip on Twitter, and you were and you were just kind of like alluding to it. I'm like, is he gonna? Say Blasto, and then yeah, when he said, it, I'm like, oh my god, and then like Carrie's like, what, what, what's, what's Blasto? <laughs> yeah. Well, no one knows who Blasto is. I went to so many people after that episode because I was like, I can't believe you don't know Blasto. And then I spoke to so many people, no one knows Blasto. Blasto really? is not a yeah, like I think because it was like there was like two Blasto games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. on the PS One, and that was so early, and they like they do not. Look good now. And like, I own both game. of them. <laughs> I own both of them. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. You're the only person I know that knows who Blasto is. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, look, honestly, obscure games on PlayStation early in its li- uh, life cycle, I probably mm-hmm. own them because I, I yep. was a very early adopter of the PlayStation. Uh, you know, one of the first games I owned, Croc Legend of the Gobbos. Very excited for that one, so. Do you own Pepsi Man? I do. Nice, excellent. Yeah, yeah. When I when I first got a uh, when, I, when sorry when I rebought a PS One a few years ago, first game I pirated. <laughs> <laughs> you bad boy. <laughs> PepsiCo is gonna break into my door. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you didn't know, this is Operation PlayStation Dash Gamer dedicated PlayStation podcast. We dive deep and dirty and discover what the latest and greatest PlayStation have to offer in twenty twenty one. If you like what you hear today, make sure that you follow us over on Anchor, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings that surely help us out and also catch the vod over on dashgamer.com and on youtube subscribe hit that bell give us a like leave us a comment uh make us your number one playstation destination in australia uh jez pretty much was the mini map cast the only piece of housekeeping you had at the moment yeah um okay. we're like on a small content hiatus a little bit um we're reworking to get things better but for now that's that's what we've got going that's all. That's all good, dude. That's all good. Sometimes it's good to uh, take a step back, have a bit of a, a, a breather, and get that refresh going. And uh, especially during lockdown. Oh man, tell me about <laughs> it. That, like, if if anything's a demotivator right now, it's lockdown. Right. And totally. Completely. We'll be talking about that during the show anyway. Uh, but for dashgame.com, have a few reviews out. Neo, the world ends with you. Thanks to the folk over at Bandai Namco. Um, once the Hunter stories too. Review, thanks to Confoc over at Capcom Australia. Uh, Trigger Witch Review, thanks to Confoc over at Rainbow. 
Uh, Samurai Warriors 5 review, thanks to the kind folk over at Turn Left Distribution. And uh, an opinion piece, Solar State Disaster, <laughs> I like to call it. <laughs> uh, it's an SSD opinion piece, uh, basically, of the new uh, beta firmware that's out right now for PlayStation 5, uh, where owners are basically testing out the NVMe drives that get to go in them. I bring up the fact that it's going to be a costly endeavor, um, and also how user unfriendly it is uh for people to you know uh access and all that kind of stuff i had a conversation with uh ryan betson from uh sister uh playstation podcast for the players uh earlier uh, on in the week about that whole thing and Mm -hmm. i brought up the fact that you know it's not as user friendly as you know the xbox uh series x uh just little memory cards (laughs) right we were scott and look and here's the thing we were scoffing at Xbox about this, like when they first revealed these things, we were yeah. sc- we were like, ah, pff, memory cards. What the hell is that? And then all of a sudden, PlayStation were like, oh yeah, you can expand your memory, <laughs> but guess what? It's going to cost you a liver, and yeah. you're also going to have to put a heatsink on it. Screw you. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, it's just uh, a really, really weird one. So yeah, check out that opinion piece as well. It's live right now on Dash Gamer. Uh, Jez, we're not going to waste any more time. <clears throat> We've got some news to get through today, so let's jump into the news. Um, the first bit of news comes by way of Robert Ramsey over at Push Square, who says uh, Sony completes acquisition of anime giant Crunchyroll. Company looks to unify its anime business. Weeb stuff. Hey, look at that. This is, if there was ever a news story for you, <laughs> it's PlayStation buying Crunchyroll. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no sponsor. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, I deal more with the Funimation side of things, uh, with sure. the show, but I mean, look, Crunchyroll falls under the same banner, which is just weird now these days, you know, um, Anime Lab kind of got, kind of got swallowed by Funimation, uh, earlier this year, yep. which is also owned by the same people. So it's like, oh, yeah, banner now, right. yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm glad that like Anime Lab and Funimation is finally like, Convert. combined yeah. yeah like like they've merged because now because i remember there was a little while where there was stuff on funimation that wasn't an anime lab and i'm like i just want to watch the original gundam please <laughs> and now i can there you go um so the story goes uh with the deal having reportedly been under u.s justice department review earlier this year there was debate over whether sony would actually complete its acquisition of anime platform crunchyroll the buyout was officially announced back in December 2020, and now the Japanese giant has confirmed that the purchase is done and dusted around nine months later. Quote, We are very excited to welcome Crunchyroll to the Sony group, end quote, says Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida. Uh, I believe that's how you say it. Uh, quote, Anime is rapidly growing. Uh, anime is a rapidly growing medium. Did I say that right? Anime is a rapidly growing medium. <laughs> brain uh, that enthralls and inspires emotion among audiences around the globe Uh, the alignment of crunchyroll and funimation will enable us to get even closer to creators and fans who are the heart of the anime community we look forward to delivering even more outstanding entertainment that fills the world with emotion through anime end quote yeah um, this is this is cool. Yeah, and it even says uh, Sony now owns Crunchyroll and Funimation. Uh, and as we yep. said, Funimation uh, bought out Anime Lab earlier this year. So now that's Funimation ANZ. So, I mean, cool. Uh, this is, for me, 
awesome because our, like th- this will give us uh, more seamless access to you know uh, potentially Crunchyroll or uh, quote unquote Anime Lab through PlayStation uh, platforms or even Sony platforms, Sony TVs like the Bravias. Um, for somebody who regularly views anime shit, I just uh, I I said thanks to Funimation yesterday uh, for you know making lockdown tolerable uh, because I was uh, like, I've been binging my hero, man. And I love that series. Such a great series. So um, yeah, no, this, this is good news for, for me. Uh, how about you? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a big anime watcher. Like, like I said before, the only thing I wanted to watch was Closet the original weeb. Gundam. Closet weeb. <laughs> Closet weeb. The only weeb shit that I like is like Kingdom Hearts, um, which is a little bit, but like, not. It's, you know, um, yeah, like I mean, look, I look the the fears of monopolization is concerning. I don't know anything about the market of anime, so I honestly don't know what I feel about it. Um, I mean, look, like I think it, it, less subscriptions are better for most people. I well, I honestly have no idea. Well, he, here's the thing: like this is just a buyout of streaming services. This is not a buyout of anything else, and. Right, um, sure. For anyone who's concerned about that, like, don't even worry about it. This is just Sony kind of flexing their muscle and buying out just entertainment services. So, you know, th- this this deal could be uh, just a contractual deal that can expire at any time. Um, and then, like, once again, uh, you know, Funimation might go off on their own. Crunchyroll might go off on their own. This is just like, this could be a time deal. We don't know. It could be a decade, it could be two. Um, but even then, it's it's one of those things where I I think this is really, honestly, just a good thing for PlayStation in terms of just having access, seamless access to sure. these streaming services. So more money, more money. <laughs> yeah. That's really, my, that's really what it is. Uh, the next one comes by way of uh, uh, Alexandra Hall over at Kotaku, who says, report. New PSVR 2 details leak from Sony <clears throat> uh, developer conference. Yeah, so uh, this will be uh, an exciting one for you. I, I like once again, I've already expressed I'm not a VR guy whatsoever. So like this is this is something that just I shrug my shoulders out and go ah. <laughs> no, so, this I'm this I'm into. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I know you are because you love your VR. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. So a video posted today by a popular VR YouTube channel, PSVR Without Parole, uh, purports uh, uh, to have a new information about... Man, my brain has just got... Uh, new information about yeah. Sony Next Generation Virtual Reality Hardware for PlayStation 5. Uh, PSVR Without Parole claims to have sourced fresh information about, private conf- uh, about a private conference held uh, on Tuesday for pro- prospective PSVR 2... Uh, developers, the occurrence of which was independently corroborated by Upload VR. According to PSVR Without Parole, Sony's next VR platform is codenamed NGVR for Next Generation VR. <laughs> it will likely be called PSVR 2 when released. It will 100% be called PSVR 2 when it releases. I don't know about that, actually. I think they're, well, gonna go reckon- with, I think they're probably going to go off a different name, like PSVR Next or something. PSVR Vita? 
Oh, well, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> As Upload VR reported in May, PSVR 2's display will have a resolution of 2000 by 2040 per eye, which is a solid little bump above the world's current most popular headset, the Oculus, Oculus Quest 2. Yep. What's the one that you have? I've got the Quest 1. Oh, there you go. Uh, in addition, so this will be an upgrade to that. In addition, PSVR, uh, PSVR without parole suggests uh, the screen will utilize OLED display technology and support uh, high dynamic range, potentially giving it a lot more vibrancy, deeper blacks, and greater brightness than the Quest 2's more typical uh, non-HDR LCD display. Uh, the new kit will supposedly feature a 110-degree field of view up 10 degrees from Sony's original PSVR and around 20 better than the slightly scuba mask-feeling Oculus, Oculus Quest 2. Uh, this wide FOV will be accomplished, a field of view, uh, will be accomplished uh, in part via Fresnel lenses, which come with pros and cons that Quest users are already well acquainted with. Hopefully Sony will get that get the glare and god rays under control god those things are freaking annoying man um, yeah like the lens so for yeah. anyone who doesn't know fresnel lenses are circular lenses so yeah. the, so it's like starts off with little circles and then get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger um yeah. it's useful for round lenses um it, uh, like you, you you can notice it yeah. um when when you're in the quest i notice it um it, like but like once you're in the game for five or so minutes you tend to just like black it out honestly um apart from if things go from very dark to very bright then suddenly you can remember that it's there um mm. it's it's usually not a big deal um the, there's another part in it as well which yep. is very very interesting um which is the part that includes um so right so, so this article uh goes into detail but it goes into quite a lot of long detail. Right. Um, the, the, other, the other things that, that is mentioned was that apparently the headset is going to have haptics in the headset itself, oh, which is right. interesting. Bang. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right? So like, you know, like, you know, walking around on the sand in fucking Astrobot and like, then you can like, f you can really feel like you're walking on the sand in your head. Um, nice. But apparently they're using the haptics in the headset to deal with motion sickness. Which I don't understand how I don't I don't know how that works. That's not something I've ever heard of. Um, and for disclosure, my job deals directly with VR yeah. equipment and stuff. And I ask some of the people who I work with who create VR experiences, and they're like, "What? Really? That 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 sounds cool. I have no idea what that means or how they will do that, but that sounds neat." Um, I'm actually for the, that because that was yeah. my issue with. Uh PSVR, I had a lot of motion sickness using it, and that was honestly one of the deal breakers uh, of why I ended up selling mine. So yeah, yeah, At, like uh, you know, like I remember playing uh, Rigs, Rig. Yep. Yeah. Rigs. Oh my god, that was the worst. That that, that, that game made me sick almost immediately. Vomiting. Um. Uh, there's a couple of things as well. There was so there's a. There's a thing that that they got going, which is like flexible scaling resolution, which is like you know as games get more intensive you know if it's too much for the console to hands handle they'll reduce the resolution to save on performance because nice. low frame rate in vr is like you know an issue yeah. um but there's another thing as well which they were talking about which was like eye tracking um for like occlusion which is interesting that's not something i'd ever heard of um 
So perhaps the biggest news back in May was PSVR will feature eye tracking capabilities, which will make possible much as a performance improvement technique called foveated rendering. Um, so basically that means they can track your eyes inside the helmet. So know where you're looking so they don't have to render the other pixels at a higher resolution, which is like, that's wild stuff. Is that, is that like, that wouldn't be kind of like a modification, you know, like, um, <clears throat> there, there are those phones, I don't know, like the, 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 uh, Blackberries that used to track your eye movement when you're reading documents and would move down with you and all that, that would kind of like be that technology but kind of modified to utilize in vr and be able to uh, uh use more like an upscaling technology kind of deal that basically kind of uh, allows less power to go through it essentially. yeah 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 so like uh, when making games there's a thing called like um uh, basically you can include objects that you are not seeing so for example like there was a there was a gif that was going uh, around way back when um when horizon came out where they showed what the camera is seeing yeah um when ayla is looking in one direction and as she turns around the cone of vision that you can see inside the game um basically calls the objects to be rendered so that yeah. the objects that you're not seeing are not being rendered yeah because that will be a waste of um resources for the console and it also means that what you are seeing can be at a, a higher level of detail yeah. um so this would be a similar thing except not that they're going to stop rendering things that are that you're not directly looking at but it would be at least things that you are not directly looking at could be rendered at a lower resolution yeah. um, i believe is is if if i'm if i'm understanding this correctly that's what's what i assume it is mm -hmm. um which is very interesting. Um, yeah. I know another headset does do eye tracking inside the headset already. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember what headset that is, but apparently it's not bad. Um, I don't know if it was a really amazing piece of technology, um, mm. but like it does exist. Um, so it's not like a, it's not a, it's not unheard of. Let's say so. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm just look. I'm, I was looking up the uh, the gear for um, that cone because I do remember seeing that and that. That bit of technology there that I remember seeing um, when Horizon launched, I was I was so wowed by that that they were able to kind of minimize uh, console resources by basically only rendering that cone of vision uh, that was on display, yep. and it, it, it the fact that it renders almost instantaneously that is uh, that is marvelous. Like that is something that uh, of of like technological genius to be completely honest because the fact that like something so grand is able to uh, be rendered in real time you could spin that camera as fast as you want but the fact is that cone is the only thing that you see like the only thing that it's on display is what's being rendered in real time that yeah. is incredible and the fact that that technology will probably be used here in some format uh, to kind of only render uh, specific areas and everything else. Once again, mm. a testament to how powerful the PlayStation hardware truly is. So, that's well, totally. And yeah, like um, I just sent you the GIF as well um, on on Discord. Um, yep. So, uh, but yeah, like like I'm like this like occlusion calling is not like a a new thing. It's um, but what like it? No, no, it's not. No, they, they've used yeah, that totally. like. Crash Bandicoot, I believe, was even using that too. So yes, yes, yeah. that they. I think they had to develop their own version of that back yeah. then because um, that was like how that game works. The the, yeah. the reason you run around, well, like you, the reason the the path in the first Crash game is so windy, is so that as you're winding around, the stuff that you're because you're only walking towards the camera, yeah. um, 
it, when the path bends, the stuff that's behind it can then get deloaded. Yeah. Um, because they were pushing everything to the limits. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember uh, an interview uh, with. I can't remember who it was. One of the developers, one of the developers. Uh, oh, it was Mark Cerny. What am I, th- what am I thinking? Right. Yeah, Mark Cerny brought that up during a developer interview about Crash Bandicoot. And I was I was so wowed by that as well. I was like, yeah. man, they really were innovative uh, mm. and really tried to push. Um, you know, like, I remember this was also like way back. We go further back to 2D platformers and Nintendo were talking about the same thing with Super Mario Brothers 3 where the, basically what you would notice is as Mario runs across the screen, you'll notice on the left-hand, sorry, the right-hand side of the screen, uh, pixelation, uh, depixelation happening. Uh, that yeah. is essentially uh, code trying to basically render real-time what is happening on screen, and the rest becomes kind of like 1101s as you kind of head off, and that, that kind of erases it from the RAM, basically. So yeah. that, that in itself is awesome like that that technology how far it has come and being developed into like 3d worlds and everything oh man so good so so awesome so interesting so intriguing i love that stuff so mm. yeah man and uh, if if anyone is interested in hearing more about some of that stuff there was a great interview with um andy gavin of naughty dog um on ask technica about um developing for the first playstation and and doing that stuff, um, like I watched it years ago when it came out, and it's like it's really good. It is really, really interesting. We'll so source that. Interested in that. We'll, we'll source that and put that in the links below, so you guys can check that out. Um, let's move on to the next one. This one comes by way of Shannon over at Press Start, who says, uh, "Can the Bridge of Spirits has been delayed again?" This is sad because I was looking forward to this one. Me too. <sighs> uh, one of the most promising PS5 titles, Kennedy Bridge of Spirits, has been delayed again. The game was originally supposed to launch alongside the PS5 before being pushed to August 24th, but now it has a new release date of September 21st. I'm okay with this. This is not too far away. If it gets delayed again after September, then I'm still okay with it because, um, you know, I don't I don't want the, the game to be broken in any way. Sure, this, yeah. this is the one game I've, I want to be perfect. You know, I don't want anybody to shit on this game. Don't don't shit on this game, <laughs> please. Um, and that you know, like honestly, that's what the, it's what I'm worried about. But anyway, uh, we the uh, announcement came via Twitter, which said uh, uh, we have made the difficult decision to delay the release of Kenna Bridges Spirits until September 21st to polish the game across all platforms. Uh, the team has been working extremely hard, and we feel the extra time has uh, is critical to ensure the best experience possible. We know that many of you are eager to play and appreciate uh, and to play and appreciate your patience. This should be a comment and appreciate your patience as the team continues to work on delivering the best version of Kenna. Thank you for your amazing support. Dash editing yeah. the the announcement of the yeah man. Of, I mean, like, it, it, it's that, it, like we know you're going to play and we appreciate your patience as the team. Like it, it yeah. Anyway, don't worry about that. But yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's my job. What, what can you do? I know. Hey, I mean, hey. <laughs> I'm just blood. getting a roll. <laughs> um, but yeah, now this is this is the one that I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little bummed by that. If 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 there's anything else that 2021 can't bum us out of our <laughs> seriously, it's a it's a delay of Kenner Bridge of Spirits, the one game honestly that I've been kind of looking forward to because it's just such a visually stunning game. Yeah, but I will admit that the last preview that they had had some performance issues. Um, 
And I don't want that for this game. I don't want them to have to release a buggy title uh, and have critics have an excuse to shit on it. Right. So, um, you got any thoughts? Oh, I mean, you know, like, delay your games until they're ready. It's been a it's been a rough couple of years. No one, like, I mean, at any point in any development, no one should be upset when a game gets delayed. No one no. wants to delay a game. You do it because it's not ready. You don't want it to end up, um, you know, less than what they want on release. Cool. Um, and, yeah, I'm with you. I am looking forward to this game a lot. I remember when it was announced... On the was it the PlayStation Five showcase like the first one is yeah, that one yeah yeah it was off? yeah yeah um I thought it looked great then I'm I'm still keen to see it um I'm yeah I think it just looks gorgeous yeah I I I, I akin it to um like a Pixar film or a DreamWorks movie actually I should say more more DreamWorks movie than anything and it looks stunning but <clears throat> once again uh, I'm okay with this. I want to say the team that was making it, um, they used to do shorts on YouTube, like animated shorts. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't know if you, you might have, you honestly might have seen it because this one did the rounds a lot ages ago. There was a there was a Majora's Mask short that went around. Oh, about, yeah. Like a kid. Same team. <gasps> Is that them? Yeah. I didn't yep, know that's that. That's them. Oh, yeah, like well, if you, if you go on Ember yeah. Labs' YouTube channel, you can see... Uh, the Canterbury Spirits like announced the trailer and if you keep going down you'll see that video which a lot of people have already seen god um, damn yeah. man I, I, I wanted that remake so bad yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah nah but uh, oh that's look that's got me even more excited because honestly Kenna looks awesome but that, that Majora's Mask remake man one day Nintendo one day <laughs> no no no, no. <laughs> uh, the next one comes by way of Taylor Lyles over at IGN who says uh, Hellblade's annual sacrifice gets free Xbox Series X and S optimization patch a very nice way to celebrate the game's four year anniversary so yeah this is more Xbox news than what it is PlayStation but uh, we find it fitting that we have to bring it up here for obvious reason <clears throat> Yeah. Let me continue before we do. Ninja Theory's critically acclaimed action-adventure game, Hellblade Senua Sacrifice, was one of the most popular games released in 2017, exclusively for PlayStation 4 at the time. <laughs> if you have yet to experience it, developer Ninja Theory has released an optimization patch today on Xbox Series X and S, updating a number of visual elements. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for new gen consoles. The new update allows the game to take full advantage of Microsoft's ninth generation gaming hardware, meaning Hellblade not only gets improved basic visuals, but includes additional perks such as DirectX ray tracing and three graphical modes, performance, resolution, and enriched with ladder mode offering support for ray tracing. If you own an Xbox copy digitally or physically, you will receive you will receive the update at no additional cost. Uh, the game is also available on Xbox Game Pass as well as Xbox Cloud Gaming. An optimization patch for PC ver- for the PC version of the game is currently in development, though there are no plans to bring this update to additional platforms at the moment. Meaning PlayStation. Yeah, I'll let you start on this one. Oh, it's a it's a shame um, <laughs> because I own that on PlayStation yeah. and I want to, I mean, look, it's on Game Pass and I've got Game Pass, so that's not a big deal for me <laughs> if I really want to go back and play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a that, that's a shame for, for folks on, on PlayStation who don't have an Xbox um, and want to see the, you know, Ninja Theory make fucking gorgeous games. Oh, um, 
I'm like, and I'm really excited for Hellblade too. Um, I have no idea what a sequel to the, this game looks like, but mm. like that's that's cool that they want to do that. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a shame it's not coming to PlayStation. A um, real kick in the dick, some might say, because this really is one of those things where, uh, as someone who played it on PlayStation and really really enjoyed this game, yeah, uh, for. One, it's visual aesthetic. Two, it's incre- it's magnanimous audio technology. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, this is a real kick in the dick for PlayStation owners because it really kind of is telling right now <laughs> what really is happening in this industry. Uh, like, okay. There is still issues with Xbox, and one thing that I'm finding to be the common theme here is exclusives. That is it. Like, they can say, okay, well, yeah, we got Senior Sacrifice, yeah, but do you really have it as, you know, do you... I mean, people can play the first one on PlayStation right now. Um, Yeah, fine, they don't get the Xbox upgrade or whatever, but they don't need... They don't need to own an Xbox to play it. Again... There are there's games like Forza, there's games like Gears. Yeah, yeah. Okay, they're they're exclusive. They're exclu- they're licensed exclusives to Xbox. They're not console exclusive. And again, there is the issue that lies within there that you don't need to own an Xbox to play most of these games. Hellblade, however, to play this version, yeah, you need to own an Xbox Series X. I can respect that. Will that be the case though when the sequel arrives. Are we going yes. to be? You, do you really think that it's going to stay exclusive to Xbox? I mean, they. No, no, no. no I'm not I'm, saying to PlayStation. Do you think it's going to land on PC? Oh, okay. Um, no, yes, I think it'll land on PC. That's what I um, mean. Yes. What makes it imper- What makes it an imperative piece of hardware? It it really right now it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like where? <laughs> what? It's not about the hardware. It's about the subscription. <laughs> Yeah, but then again, you can own an Xbox Game Pass subscription and play those games on your PC, whatever yes, what, yes. whatever is available for PC. Yeah, yeah, but they they want you in that they want you in that ecosystem. Yeah, if you it, ha- it, if you have right. a it's PS Five at the moment, yeah, yes, yeah, if you have a PS Five at the moment, there's a good chance you have a an okay PC, um, yeah, uh, or an Xbox. Um, and you know, like there are people obviously who don't have all of those. They only have a PS5 and that's fine. Um, but like it's that, that if you have a PS5 right now, there's a good chance you at least are active enough in games to go out and try and find a PS5 when they were very difficult to find. Um, they yeah. still are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like you're into gaming enough that you want to cop that. Um, and so you probably have access to at least a device that has game pass. Um, and you know, you know, We've spoken about this before with cloud and all that stuff. You know, they just want you in their system. Um, they basically just want you them to look better than the opposition. Yeah. Um, and this is like you know just another just another little notch um, that they can have and say, hey, look, it's it's only here, it's only here, wherever you want, but with us, anywhere you want, anywhere you want. Yeah. But with us. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I'm, I, I just uh, so the other night uh, I. Uh, I took a little bit of a, a funny jab with some friends who are more on the PlayStation side than anything uh, because Xbox just recently announced their um, Gamescom conference that's coming up. Yeah. And uh, I'll, one of the things that was said in that 
conversation, well, the, the, the initiation of that conversation was more or less, hey guys, are you ready for a whole lot of announcements of nothing? And it's like, because, <laughs> yeah, Xbox can bring um, what they want to the table, but at the end of the day, it's going to be kind of like, got some up- we've got some updates on Forza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It'll be like another car racing game. <laughs> yeah, like that's the only thing really that I'm kind of an, a, a, like excited for this year from Xbox is Forza Horizon Five. There's nothing else that makes me go, "Oh, I'm excited to turn on my Xbox this year to play such and such." You're not, you're not a Halo person. Oh, uh, well, I'll play Halo. <laughs> But if I have to, what I would say, not like yeah, I, I what okay, I was a Halo person until three four three took over. Sure, yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah, um, will Infinite be any better? We'll see. But am I excited? I'm indifferent. Ooh. Oof. Hey, man, I'm only being honest here. Oh, punch chief in the nuts with that one. Okay. Not even, not even like, you know, I'm not excited. I'm not not looking forward to it. Are you Are you excited? Yeah, but I'm a Halo person. Oh. And, but I'm not a I'm not a Halo 5 person. I've, I own that game since launch and I still haven't finished it. Um, <laughs> and I have no intention of doing that. Why not, but, Jez? Uh, yeah, who could say? Maybe because it sucks. Um, but like, I think I think they've done a good job with um, Archive Collection. They put they put in the work. That that's a good product now. When that um, launched, it was ours. I know because I had it at launch. It was, but <laughs> now it's great. Now it's a really good thing. Um, it only took them eight years. Um, yeah, exactly. But like, the thing is, I I am I I didn't get into the Halo infinite um beta mm. um i was one of the seven people that was not allowed in um <laughs> and so i was i was eric andre on the fence of the white house shouting let me in while everybody else was playing against bots and having a great time um <laughs> and look they played the halo 3 like music in the in one of the infinite trailers and his suit looks cool and it turns out that's all i need because i'm a sucker um but like <laughs> yeah hellblade <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, that's how they get you for the, uh, their campaigning, though. Honestly, so yeah, it is. Uh, let's talk about Jason Clare. Uh The next one comes by way of Jason Clare over at Bloomberg. <laughs> for those who don't know, I don't like Jason Schreier. Blocked uh, gamer. <laughs> uh, PlayStation video game Horizon Forbidden West delayed to twenty twenty two. In brackets, allegedly. All right. This is this is Mr. Schreier just throwing out his dick and going rumor, without saying rumor. So, but let's be honest, he's right. <laughs> he's right. He's, the thing is, he's never been wrong. No, I know. <laughs> uh, Sony Corp has delayed the upcoming PlayStation game Horizon Forbidden West to uh, the first quarter of 2022, according to a person familiar with the matter. Previously, uh, it had been scheduled to, for release this holiday season. Horizon Forbidden West is an open world action adventure game uh, and the uh, sequel to we know that Jason whatever the fuck anyway so that that's that is the news that is the news out of that anyway yeah so uh, let's talk a little bit about this so Horizon Forbidden West was supposed to be launching this year we didn't expect it alongside obviously at launch when they first revealed it last year no not at all 
But the fact now that they've kind of don't have a holiday game is concerning, especially now mm. that, like we just mentioned, Halo. Yeah. Um, does it push? To be fair, the- Halo was meant to be holiday last year. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but this this would have been good competition for that in in, yes. a, in a way. Now they don't have anything like they like. What do PlayStation have from this moment forward? for people to get excited about other than a re-release of Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, um, uh, Death Stranding, the director's cut. Nobody gives a shit about that, Jeremy. Don't don't try and fill it up with Kojima's bullshit, all right? <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, it's, 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 it's going to be pretty light. Yeah. Um, th- this was going to be it. Because yep. um, like they announced uh, earlier in the year, um, you know, God of War was not going to be coming this year. Um, anybody that thought it was going to it was like getting themselves there was no chance we were going to see that hey look i didn't put it in my draft earlier this year yeah right <laughs> oh um my god uh i you know i mean maybe now is the time to bring back blasto um like i said before <laughs> um look I, I i honestly don't know um what the rest of the year looks like for them um i'm really racking my brain trying to think what else they have they um, have nothing they, no, no, there's nothing, yeah. honestly. Uh, like, I looked yesterday. I was looking yesterday and uh, just to kind of gauge what, what the uh, scene was going to look like for the rest of the year because I thought, okay, I bet they get a schedule out for, like, uh, reviews for writers and everything out, everything else just to kind of gauge who wants what to cover this year. Um, and I was looking at PlayStation even for myself and... There is, I was like, man, it is dryness well, so, like, they're not even giving us drips. Yeah, uh, there's nothing here. Yeah, man. Uh, like, Ghost of Tsushima, as exciting as it is, we've already played it. And, okay, fine, fast loading times and everything else might be nice, but that's nothing new. That's I just- can think of one exclusive. Okay. And you're going to laugh. Oh, please. It's Deathloop. Developed by Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> That's an Xbox game. <laughs> the 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 only the only PS5 exclusive left to come out this year is developed by is now de- being developed by Microsoft. Yeah, That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's to nothing be, else. To be to be uh, more precise on that is being developed by Xbox Game Studio. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. there's real, like I'm 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 looking at a list of games. It's like, like like even Lost Judgment, which has you know been in the past a really big thing. Like, well, at least a, a pretty big thing for PlayStation. Um, you know, Yakuza games now coming out on Xbox anyway. Yeah. Um, so it it really is like it is a state of kind of it's not a state of play. It's a state of emergency. <laughs> it really is a. Well, that's a headline. You should cut that out. <laughs> Um, PlayStation, that's going to be the title of this episode. Uh, <laughs> it really is. We're kind of like, it, it, there is, it's concerning how dry it is. Are we now, is this going to be an example of what PlayStation 5 is going to be further into its generation? Due to the fact that we're in the midst of a pandemic, people are working from home, um, and this pandemic could be gone for the foreseeable future. We, we could be in this for like the long haul at the moment. Like it shows right now, even in Australia, yep. we kind of just canceled PAX this week, which we'll be bringing up in a second. But mm. it's just, it, it. this is one of those things right now where this is a leading example of what may happen this gen 
because of our current circumstances. Yep. Yep. And like, I think, uh, like there, there are outliers. Um, you know, I think that, um, uh, Insomniac releasing, uh, uh Spider-Man, um, Miles Morales and then Ratchet and Clank back to back. That's like, that's pretty good. Obviously those games lined up in a way that was like very favorable for them. Yeah. But like, that's still, they did that. Um, and as far as we're aware <laughs> without crunch, um, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. like, that's, that's like, you know, props to them for like being able to do that. I think what this maybe is more of an indictment of in some regard is the style of game that Sony want to put out, which is the big, long, epic prestige titles that they love, um, which they're very, very good at, but they take a long time to make. And when they time their releases in ways that it's, we got a bunch towards the end of the PS4. We got so many, you know, we got Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Um, we got uh, God of War was a few years prior to that. Um, and we got uh, Death Stranding as well. Like those are like, those are their favorite type of games to be bringing out. And I'm, yeah, sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say like, they take a long time to make. And so when they take a long time to make, sometimes you have droughts and it's like, I feel like maybe they need to rethink the scope of some of the games they want to make. Um, or at least maybe, I mean, like, don't they have another studio which hasn't brought anything out yet? Don't they yeah, have one of those they, like AAA studios? That's the studio that's working on the Uncharted game. Supposedly. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Because Naughty Dog are doing the last of us remake or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay so it's funny that you mentioned this uh because uh it's something that you've brought up before on the podcast uh which is sony always aiming to do triple a hollywood blockbusters now instead of actually working on small titles and that yep. is now becoming apparent and an issue with you know uh production cycle and just actually uh dispose like outputting titles uh mm. it really kind of yeah okay fine you can have the the big hollywood blockbuster titles like the big triple a's that they're amazing at them yeah um but now they need to kind of like aim and focus on small studios too they need to really kind of put push push the agenda there and say okay we need something in the interim yeah yeah like we need a like a you know a double a or a, you know even like like a good indie hit yeah. um you That's know like exclusive. in the past yeah, like in the past they had, you know, like uh, that game company doing games like Journey and Flower. Um, mm -hmm. They were obviously very successful for them. Mm -hmm. um, and Microsoft are out here releasing, you know, like I know you're not a fan of it, but like they got Psychonauts 2 coming out really soon, um, which is like got a very big following. Yeah. They had the Medium, which is a, like a double A game that came out. Um, they've got... It was okay. Bit shit. Uh, yeah. Um, but like, that's coming to PS5 soon. Um, Still shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they have those smaller projects that are being worked on yep. um, because, you know, because they went out and acquired a lot of these studios to make sure they have this this talent behind them. Um, but they still went out and did that. Yeah. So like maybe uh, Sony should look at like a white paper games or something yeah. um, or should go out and uh, look for... Trying to think, like you know, I'm trying to think of like another smaller, like middle of the road, like developer that is not going to make the biggest games, but not something that's so small, like like another um, No Man's Sky, but like without the Sean Murray, without the without the Sean Murray. Well, uh, uh, hey, he 
he's fine. He's yeah, fine. sure, I'm sure. There's a there's a new update coming out. Looks great. Yeah, I saw the trailer actually this morning. It looks all right. Um, I haven't played No Man's Sky since launch. <laughs> oh, oh you, you should. It's great. I have been wanting to dive in and actually play it again because it's from what I hear, it's a completely different game now. So yeah, it it one hundred percent is. <laughs> yeah, so I'll definitely uh, be checking it out once this uh, this new patch launches for us. So, um. The one thing I will say is, will we ever see during this generation? I'll ask you: Do you think that during this generation, you think we'll ever see a year as successful as 2017 when they had titles like Horizon, Persona? Um, you know, like the industry kind of had this big boom of games in 2017. It was it was huge, uh, and and I'm talking like across the board. I'm not just talking PlayStation, but like. If I go back to that year, I, I, I name Horizon Persona, uh, Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey. Um, you know, uh, Xbox kind of had the same thing going. But uh. Resident <laughs> Evil Seven, Near Automata, Destiny yeah. Two, Prey, yeah. Wolfenstein Two, Assassin's Creed Origins. Twenty Seventeen was a huge year. Uncharted: Lost Legacy, Hellblade, Sonic Mania, Cuphead. Like it was a it was a stacked year. Do you um, think we'll ever see that this generation? Oh, that, that's really hard to say. Um, I don't know. Um, I I know we're not going to see that year, a year like that for a while. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it's really hard to tell. <laughs> Maybe it's next really year. Really hard to tell. Maybe next year, Horizon versus Breath of the Wild two next year. <laughs> oh please, that's what I'm so worried about. That's what I'm so. It can't happen again. Who was I talking they, to about that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was yeah, me. Benson. Yeah, it was you and I was talking to Ryan about that too. And you both had the same concern. Well, okay, explain explain it to, to me. Why are you so concerned? Because Horizon didn't get what it was due because no. everybody was looking at, at Breath of the Wild, Wild. Which is which makes sense because that game, you know, reinvented. Are, are you a hater Zelda. or are you, do you like it? I don't like the game. But okay. I'm not gonna. I, but I don't think it's. Like, I don't think it's bad. I think that's a me problem. <laughs> like okay. yeah. I, I've spoken to enough people that love this game that I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, I'm missing something," and that's fine. Um, but I love Horizon Zero Dawn very, Same. very much, okay. and I I don't want it to fight an uphill battle again. It doesn't deserve that. No. Give it, give it its space. Let it breathe. Let people like naturally realize, oh, this is really good, as opposed to, hey, this is cool, but I'm getting more out of this than I... I'm sorry, I'm getting more out of Breath of the Wild 2 than I am out of this. It is this natural immersion that just comes from either one or the other, and it's more uh, a preference, you know? Yeah, and I was talking to Kerry about this on Minimapcast, and he was saying, yeah, like, I I don't think Horizon Zero Dawn is a bad game by any means, Mm. but when I played that game for the first time, I was upset that I couldn't climb up every wall. And that's because he was just playing Breath of the Wild Wild. when it was coming out, which you can do that. And so it just felt a whole lot more freeing for him to play. So So I got caught up. Uh, I know we've kind of gone on about this a little much, but still, it kind of pertains to it. Anyway, so I I got uh, caught up in... Breath of the Wild because of the Switch launch, obviously. And, you know, with Switch coming yeah. out, Breath of the Wild, it's a new toy, so you have to play it. Yes. Um, For me, Breath of the Wild kind of... I, I played Horizon first, didn't get attached to it. I was like, this isn't working for me. Jumped to Persona 5, got hooked. Then I was like, okay, cool, this is awesome, blah, 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 blah. 
went back and played Horizon. Well, so I played Breath of the Wild first. Uh, after Horizon's launch, I was like, okay, I'm liking this a lot better. Played to its, uh, you know, to its end. I was like, that was an awesome game. Loved it. Played Persona 5 right through. Was hooked. Loved it. Went back to Horizon. And I found like this newfound appreciation for it. Because after playing Breath of the Wild, I was really like, this is awesome. This has got what I want in a, in a Zelda campaign. Mm. But the yep. one thing that was missing, really missing from it was a narrative. Right. Horizon gave me an, that narrative. And it also gave me that sense of adventure. And it was, yes. gr- it was just great. Like it, the pacing of it, everything. It had a natural flow that I, I can say is really a perfect game. Um, is it a perfect game? Nothing's a perfect game, but it's uh, it really it does sit up there as one of PlayStation's greatest of all time. Um, but and, yeah. and especially from a studio that was you know previously famous for making Killzone, um, which you know had been like done a lot yeah. by the time they were still. Doing I was it. waiting for you to say something something worse there, like you know. <laughs> average yeah, first-person shooters or something <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. and like look it's uh, I, I think i think them coming out with this you know what a big swing um with like hey we've got this brand new thing it's unlike anything we've done before this is an open world rpg when we're famous for making linear first-person shooters with no personality and wow the- <laughs> kills on shadowfall wasn't that bad it was look it, it's a ps4 launch game it's fine it's fine. It, but uh, like, I don't understand the hate that game gets. It wasn't that bad. It's the knack of first-person shooters. It's fine. <laughs> it's, com- it, it's completely inoffensive. Knack was fine. Knack, knack was, was fine. Was, knack was... I like Knack 2. Knack 2 was all right. I have not played Knack 2. The trailer um, was good. <laughs> Mark Cerny announced Knack 3. Um, like, it's... Like, Horizon was a swing for the fence, and they, they really, really did a really great job at it. Um yeah. And yeah, like you said, the narrative was really cool. I remember getting to like one of the, like a big crux of that game where you get up to a very high point um, in the game and you learn about a lot of the backstory in this really cool way. Mm. And I remember sitting there going like, wow. And I'm, I was doing some side quests while I was doing the main quest and doing side quests. And then I'm like, oh, I found this out. And I was like, main quest. I want to know what's next. I want to know what's next. <laughs> and like it hooked me in a way that a lot of games don't. Um, yeah. So I like, you know. I, I, it really, got, it helped me make the decision almost immediately to get Frozen Wilds when that came out. Yeah. Like when that, when that 100%. DLC dropped, I was like, yeah, bam, bye. So. Well, one of the best DLCs I've ever played. Oh probably. yeah, definitely. 100%. I'm with you, man. Uh, like, yeah, it's just a disappointment that we kind of have to wait a little longer for Horizon, but yeah. I'm okay. Once again, delays are good. Delays are good. So yeah. hopefully we will see it sooner than later. Hopefully, Jason Shry is wrong. Fingers crossed, Jason Shry is wrong. I want him to be wrong. Like what you're hearing today? Be sure to follow all Dash Gamer podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify by simply typing dashgamer.com into the search bar of your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to check out our gaming, anime, and pop culture related news on dashgamer.com. Now back to the show. Uh, the next one comes by way of good friend of the show, Alex Walker. Over at Kotaku, who says, uh, PAX Australia has been cancelled, will be replaced with online show. Now, um, before I continue, um, I had been told about this 
uh, I think it was Saturday night, I believe, either Friday or Saturday night, I believe, I was told that this was going to happen, but I was told that it was going to be announced yesterday. Um, but, uh, this, I have, I'll start, I'll preface this by saying that I'm not surprised by this at all. Uh, like, this, is, this has been something I've been saying the entire year. Um, PAX was not going to happen, so I didn't build up any anticipation for it. I see a lot of people disappointed online on Twitter today about it. Yeah, it's just... Are you... Are you like... Yeah. Alright, let me read the article. Hold on. Uh, PAX Australia will no longer be held as an in-person uh, event with the show cancelled in favour for an online... Oh, sorry, of an online convention instead. Uh, the event will be replaced with an online-only event, although the lack of physical uh, physical show for a second year running will understandably disappoint many fans. Concerns had been hovering around a physical convention all year. Not only was uh, the rise of Delta, uh, the Delta outbreaks across Australia concern, uh, but many vendors faced issue representa- representing international clients at PAX Australia due to global policies barring any physical events for the rest of 2021. The move to an online-only show, as was the case with PAX Online in 2020 and PAX earlier. The move to an online show, as Okay, anyway. Quote, the fact that we can't do... The fact that we can't do so in person at PAX Oz 2021 has left us all heartbroken, but it's the right choice for our community uh, team partners to postpone this year's show and look to the future, PAX announced. All right, so it's it's canned for another year. All right, so now, yeah, my so here's how I looked at it from earlier on in the year when they announced packs. I'll be upfront with you. I thought it was a little reckless, right? And the reason I say that is because of vac- vac- We're about to get a little political here. Vaccination numbers were we were at. We're coming last in the world. Let, let's just face fact. We still kind of are. Um, yeah, we are doing awful. Like we, we've had good announcements, but like it has been fucking atrocious. Here. Yeah, pat, pat yourself on the back, feds. Uh, it, it's it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. Like we when they announced packs, we were at I think like three percent vaccinated. Three percent vaccinated, and you going to yeah. announce a convention? Yeah. And the fact that they announced the convention at the Melbourne. Convention Exhibition Center, where they are housing vaccine, like the main vaccination hub. What were they going to do? Kick out the vax hubs for packs this year? Well, so I, I will say I don't th- I don't know if that that vaccination hub existed when they announced that it was going to be there. No, but like when as soon as that was an like the fact that they waited this long to announce this, the fact that they put the the pre sale tickets were put on. A week, a week or two after vaccination hubs were uh, announced, right? For me personally, when I saw that, I was a little bit, I was a little bit heartbroken by the fact that PAX would take the initiative to do that, and I was like, okay, I understand your optimism. You're excited. Everybody's excited. You know, the, the, there might be a sense of normalcy here that will just be reinstated all of a sudden. That, you know, that, that we have PAX this year or something. But there are problems. No international guests. Uh, no publishers are going to be able to uh, show off their wares. You're not going to really be able to sell enough uh, tickets uh, based on the the fact that, you know, you're going to have packs rising as just you're pretty much the only thing. And no offense to Indies or Australian Indies or anything like that. It's just... Packs rising is incredible, but it's not going to bring people in. No. 
that that's why the uh gcap was it uh i think that's called that that's what you know um promotes more the indie side of uh game well uh, gcap is for developers gcap is not really a consumer show no not really but it really kind of pushes more the indie side of anything uh gcap does more of that than pax pax rising does a good job of that but i believe that like Outside of PAX, there's always events that happen in Melbourne Gaming Week. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, there's, like, showcases and there's, <laughs> you know, there's other nights and stuff. There's, uh, the, like, my favorite event in all of Games Week is um, Free Play Parallels. Um, yes, yeah, Which is, like, a, an indie showcase, and it's amazing every year. Yeah. Um, that's a video. That's that's people sit and watch a stream. Um, yeah. That is not people come to booths and, and play the games. All right. Um, so. I mean, look. Yes, it's disappointing. You won't be able to get together at a bar and get drunk with your friends. You can do that anytime after you're vaccinated or, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that right now we're in a state of uh, emergency across the bloody country at the moment. And it's understandable that they had to cancel. I, I just, I sit in a minority at the moment of people that are like, eh, oh, well, I was I didn't get my hopes up for it at all. Yeah, like... I I haven't been optimistic that this is happening for a long time. Yeah. Um but I was I I was thinking maybe it will happen when mm. because there was a there was a good chunk of this year where Australia had no cases or like one or two cases in hotel yeah. quarantine and we were out of lockdown for a very long time. I was it It seemed like it was going to happen. Yeah. I was sitting in theaters, you know, two times a week without a mask on, right? Like that's like, no, that doesn't happen now. Yeah. Um, Australia was very lucky with with its with its COVID numbers, um, and has been for a very long time. Um, and you know, the fact that we fumbled the fucking vaccination when we had the golden ticket that everyone everyone could have just gone and get it, but it turns out we didn't have any because our government fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, fe- federal, federal yeah, government federal. fucking sucks. Um, we are. In Victoria, by the way. Um, so if I lived in Dan New South Wales, I would also say my I would also say my state government also sucks. Um, oh, oh, you you're not a fan of Daddy Dan Andrews? No, 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 no. I was saying if I was in New South Wales, oh I would yeah, say no, my yeah. state government yeah. sucks. I have, I have issues with Dan, I have issues with Dan Andrews, but that's a different thing. Um, don't go, th- don't, don't hate on Dan Andrews. Go on. <laughs> okay, we won't. Get he gets there. enough flack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> politician politician um yeah anyway like i think i think victoria especially has been quite lucky um with how little cases we've had um yeah but like you know delta's a whole new ball game um we don't know how long it's gonna last um and look i i knew the moment that we went back into lockdown like oh yeah pax is not gonna happen but like yeah. it's still my favorite time of year and i was still looking forward to seeing people we've never met you know, no, I know oh, what we have, but not technically like how we not know each person. other now. <laughs> well, we've never met in person. Yeah, we have. No, we haven't. You, <laughs> we have a couple of times. You just don't know it. Oh, back when I was working at EB, EB Games. Games. Yeah, right, that's okay, right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's how I, I knew. Like when I saw that Reddit thread, I was like, "That's that. That seems like <laughs> the guy from EB Games." Yeah. So that's how. That's how we. That's oh, how. That's I funny. Knew. Yeah, but we have met each other, but we just not how we know each other now, really. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. Look, I, I, I got accepted for press. Uh, I got accreditation uh, a, a few weeks ago. And also, yeah, was it was four weeks ago now. And um, I was excited. I was like, cool. 
uh, I, you know, at least I know I've got my packs, uh, pass and, um, at the point, at that point I was like, hmm, it's on shaky grounds. I don't know whether that's actually going to happen. Have you not seen yourself Files and what's going on? Oh, that's right. You actually live there. So you probably know what's going on. For me, I'm like now in a state of <sighs> just another punch in the gut. Not something else that just isn't going to happen. And. And I, I, I'm with you as well in terms of, I remember when they announced that it was going to be in Melbourne again this year and they were like, yeah, it's going to be at the Melbourne Convention Exhibition Centre. And I remember seeing some of the tone that was being used um, by some of the people um, who, who were organising packs, And it was very like, like self-assured in a way that was like, it, it, people were asking legitimate questions about like, hey, like what's going to be the go with vaccinations? What's going to be the go with yeah. Who's allowed in? You know, are you going to require a COVID negative test to enter the space or whatever? Mm. Um, and they were being semi flippant, I think, with some of the responses yeah. that made me go like, "This is not the really the way to do it." Like, no. you need to be very, very careful. Um, yeah. And not that I think that they would have been reckless or like or like intentionally uh, careless with with safety procedures, but like just the language that we used around it made me feel kind of like. You're there to organize the event because that's what PAX does. It's it's an event company, and they're just <coughs> like they're you know rightfully so upset they haven't been able to run their event for years. Yeah, of course. But like that, that's they, that's money out of their pocket, and I can understand. That's, it totally is. That's PAX Australia because PAX Australia falls under the Read Pop uh, organization, yep. which is from the US, and you know Penny Arcade Expo that uh, heads all the PAX events across the world. Um, so. Uh, you you bring up a good point, and that was my early, that was my early concern as well. My early concern was, uh, man, they're, they're, I don't know what the messaging here is. Is that we don't really care if anybody's vaccinated? You can come anyway if you got a pass. I I was I was very much <clears throat> so I, I was discussing this with a lot of people within the industry. Um, no names or anything like that, but it it, 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 sure. it it's um. They also told me that they weren't happy for the fact that it was announced. Yeah. Um, they were actually like, like I'm talking like, you know, some publishers and stuff. They weren't happy that this was announced. And it, it was just a case of like, and, and this has come from multiple organizations as well. It's like they were just like, man, I, it just, I don't know if this is the right call, like to have yeah. PAX this year at all. And then, yeah. um, you know, I got word that, some were pulling out, some were telling, giving packs the heads up that, hey, we might not be coming this year. So just letting you know. And that, and that kind of, to me, was conveying a message of, okay, so if all these people don't come and you only have packs rising, how are you selling this event? Then it kind yeah. of got me into thinking that a lot of these people are just buying tickets to have a hangout. And I was like, you can have yeah, a hangout well- anywhere for free. Why? Why do we need? Why did we need packs this year? We didn't. Why would you want to go to a place that every other year of of uh, every year that I've been that hasn't been a pandemic? I've gotten sick from and, it anyway. and a vaccination hub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly the pack. The like I, I said last year before packs was cancelled last year. I said, man, the packs box this year is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would have been definitely interesting this year if they went ahead with it. I was, I was like, yeah, for me, it was like good luck getting into the state first of all. 
Yeah, right. That's the thing. Like the, the the moment that you can't actually get people, even from even within the same country, they're like it's yeah, that's for the dogs. Oh well, we'll be waiting till next year, I guess. But PAX Online looks like it's going to be happening again. Uh, last year yep. we we did um, uh, generosity uh, with PAX Online, so I might oh, look. Into, yeah, I might look into doing it again this year. So. We'll see what happens. Um, the next one comes by way of Ian Walker over at Kotaku, uh, who says, PS5 dev kits quickly pull from eBay. This one's funny. Uh, earlier today, a pair of PlayStation 5... Today was a few days ago, last Wednesday. Uh, earlier today, a pair of PlayStation 5 development kits uh, reportedly popped up on eBay before being taken off the auction site within a few hours. Uh, the items, a DF1D1000AA dev kit... <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. Yes, and a DFI uh, T1000AA test kit were originally spotted by Twitter users uh, Zubitech and IDCX Leet. Both of whom were able to pull images from the listing prior to its disappearance. A screenshot of the eBay page indicates that the two consoles managed to reach... Uh, a euro cost of 2,850 euros, uh, which is around 3,373 US dollars, which is around about 5,000 Australian dollars, uh, after 12 bits. Uh, while uh, while the test kit appears almost identical to the retail peers, uh, uh, in terms of specs, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, images of the dev kit. I was going to say it doesn't look nothing like the retail. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that pizza he- uh, reheater that they were. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. That I was like, man, please don't make it this. Please don't make it. You know, honestly, back then, like back then, when I looked at this machine, when it when it was like all these uh, blueprints Behemoth. and everything, all these uh, trade. Uh, sorry, uh, 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 all these patents. filings started coming out. Your patents, yeah, filings of patents started coming out. I was like, man, please don't make it this. Please don't make it this. Now I look at it and I, and I look at my machine and I'm like, I'd rather that. Than that. <laughs> yeah. This thing looks cool in a like fucked up future kind of way. Yeah, I know, right? It's like uh, PlayStation 5 from Cyberpunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, images, so the uh, article goes on. Images of the dev kit highlight the unique V-shaped construction used in pre-release patents. Uh, that... Uh, that thing is a beast and even manages to look like a car engine when positioned vertically. Also, a photograph for sh- uh, the short-lived eBay listing were two all-black DualSense controllers, contrasting the more prominent two-tone control schemes uh, of the peripherals currently available designs. Um, yeah, like again, this thing looks sick. I would, I would have um, loved to have my hands on one of these bad boys. Uh, obvious, if if they are really the like. If they are that accessible and that, like, they are in the wild, that's an oh boy. And I tell you why, because there is an active scene out there that are ready to just, they're salivating to open, to crack open the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be that ticket, basically, to doing that. Maybe, yeah. Like, there's potential for it. Um, this thing looks like I need a rip cord to turn it on. Like I feel like it's like a lawn. I gotta like I gotta like yank a cord to get it to go. It looks a few, great, few times. Though. It does look. It does look cool. Like it looks cool in a. That's never gonna hit market kind of way. But fuck, it looks cool. Oh, lovely. Um, 
it's also, it's also got a screen on it as well, and it spits out debug information as you're playing, yeah. um, which is useful because if your game crashes and you don't know why, it'll tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I wonder where it came from. Um, like, I wonder like who had one of these who then decided they don't want it anymore, need the money. I don't know who did, but whoever listed it pretty much had the FBI knocking on their door for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Property yeah, no, of th- Corey Barlog. Oh, yeah, Corey Barlog <laughs> just shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> No, I mean it's door. a PlayStation. The most friendly, <laughs> the most friendly cop ever just knocks on your door. Hey, yeah. I'm Corey Barlog. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, man, look how many USB ports this thing has. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, man, it really is kind of like a dreamboat kind of situation where I'm like, man, I would love to have my hands on it, but at the same time. I I I understand um, why this is potentially dangerous, and like I said, it's it's more or less the homebrew scene. If somebody ever got their hands on one of these machines, it's game over for the PlayStation Five. Much like right now, how the Nintendo Switch base model has been cracked open, and uh, like uh, homebrew developers are all over that shit. Yeah, um, yeah, and, they, they had to put out a, a hardware revision. Um, I mean, they were doing yeah. it anyway, but like the hardware revision that they did when they um, extended the battery life a couple of years into the console um, is what actually fixed some of those bugs to the point but where I was working at EB Games we had customers come in all the time being like hey do you have any switches in stock and I was like yeah we got a ton and they were like yeah but do you have the old ones and I was like yeah I think we got some and I looked at them and they looked at me and I'm like homebrew and they're like yeah I'm like okay <laughs> yeah yeah. so I'll admit I've got two base models one of them is um, got homebrew on it I use it mainly for uh, remote play so I can play my PS5 on my Switch. Mm. Um, and I also have, um, you know, a PlayStation emulation on it. Uh, I dabble in the GameCube emulation on it sometimes. But that's pretty much all it's used for. I don't use it for anything else. Um, and honestly, I haven't turned it on in ages. So um, my, my regular Switch is the one that gets used the most. Um, yeah, and even, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and even then, like, uh, I haven't really used it that much in a while, but um, I'm really looking forward to the Switch OLED, that's for sure. Um, let's move on to the next one. This one comes by way of Adam Bankhurst over at IGN, who says, uh, Astrobot dev team Asobi launches new website teasers, most ambitious game yet. This is exciting. I can't wait. Uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission and Astro's Playroom developer team Asobi has launched a brand new website alongside teasing uh, it is working on its, quote, most ambitious game yet. Team Asobi, which itself is a newly minted PlayStation studio, shared the news about its website on Twitter and the site's About Us page revealing a bit more about the developer's mission and what, it current- and what it's currently working on. Uh, quote, we are a new and dynamic PlayStation studio based in vibrant Tokyo, Japan. We create top quality games for players of all ages on PlayStation, in quote, Team Asobi wrote, quote, our latest work, our latest work are the critically acclaimed Astrobot rescue, rescue Mission for PlayStation VR and Astro's Playroom for PlayStation Five. We're currently hard at work on our most ambitious game yet. While there have been no details officially revealed as to what this ambitious game is, the current job openings give us a little hint as to what may be, may be going on behind closed doors in Tokyo. For example, the job listing for a game designer position reveals that this person's role will be to, quote, make a variety of uh, of levels 
for a 3D action game, each providing great tempo and creative situations, end quote. Uh, the job listing for an environment uh, environment artist requires someone who is able to put, quote, an emphasis on realistic texturing techniques applied to a playful art style, end quote. Another job listing for an animator may give those wanting another game starring Astro some hope as Team Sovi is looking for an artist who can, quote, animate a wide range of cartoony and mechanical characters, props, and vehicles used in-game, end quote. Uh, may uh, it still may be some time until we know exactly what Team Sovi is working on, but these teasers are exciting nonetheless and give us a glimpse into what the studio is aiming to create for PS5 owners around the world. Those hints there are essentially, hey, a new Astrobot's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like at least, at least a new Astrobot is coming. Um, yeah. I'm assuming the PSVR one, right? Like that would make sense. They seem to be really good with like learning new hardware. Mm. Um, and you know, putting something out that'll like get people excited about the hardware that they've just bought. Yeah. Um. So hopefully it's that. Yeah. Um. I. I. It just like it just screams, Astrobot sequel. Astro's Playroom sequel. Well, full full uh, on Astrobot game. I have a prediction. Okay, go on. Ape Escape. Oh. Oh, but you're wrong. For the other project. <laughs> <laughs> okay um the reason like it, it would it would be cool though like the property would be awesome to give to team asobi um to do a, a brand new ape escape sounds sick um they could do it they could it'd be fun it would be but i think that like here's the issue is that i think they they've devoted so much time to this original ip now that to kind of hand hand the property over to Team Asobi, they, they probably look at that and go, oh, <laughs> kind of like, oh, that's somebody else's creation. Why why, do, why are we doing this again? <laughs> oh, I reckon, I, like, I reckon Ape Escape has got enough, enough, like, hearts that it would, they could have some fun with it. They could have, like, they could work the Astrobots into the story, you know? It could be an Astrobot and Ape Escape kind of fucking, like, mishmash together game. Um I reckon that could be really cute. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm. This is the only ape escape dream I have. It don't exist otherwise. You really want it to happen, don't you? Oh, it'd be really fun. It'd be so fun. Um, either that or, like, you know, maybe. Uh, I can't think of what else I'd be working on, really, because the only other thing I could think maybe would be, like, a little big planet type thing thing but i don't know if little big planet has enough like see that i, like, I think they've been big, around for a bit now i think little big planet's done to be honest F- for I the think, time being yeah yeah um i like from what like we discussed this uh, a couple of episodes ago with media molecule and how sony are kind of perceiving the studio after dreams and everything else yep. i just don't see little big planet coming back for a long time Neither and do I. It, it sucks to say that but because I love dreams, um, but I think Sony look at dream. Like you're right, you were right last time to say Sony look at dreams and say we're not going to do another game like that. Yeah, no, they're not going to. Um, um, and yeah, yeah like it's, it's like just Sackboy Big Adventure. I don't think hmm. really did it for them either. Um, out of all the launch games, I think that one probably performed the 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 worst. Yeah. Um, and you know, like to be fair, it was tough competition between Spider Man and Demon Souls and and a couple others. Like there were some good launch games, um, yeah. but 
yeah, I don't think it really cut the mustard. I've got a question for you before we head into the uh, last article. Um, yeah. I was, and I was discussing this with someone. Uh, so with the Gamescom, Xbox Game Con- Gamescom conference coming up. Yeah. Do you think that Hideo Kojima is going to be there? I don't know. I think, I don't know if he would announce both of the things that he's working on at the same time. Mm. Um, like with the Stranding Director's Cut and whatever this new project is that he's apparently working on with Microsoft. Um, I don't know if he would wait until Death Stranding would be out. Um, and I allegedly don't know they're Microsoft, like, but yeah. Allegedly, yeah, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're going to say, pretty soon you're going to start saying allegedly fucking Silent Hill, but like... It is Silent Hill. It's Hill not Silent Hill. It's not. <laughs> no, go on, go um, on. I don't know how their studio functions, right? Like, mm. I, I feel like they would be the kind of studio to really work on one project until it's done. Mm. Um, you know, the... the they would have like, um, you know, things in the pipeline, concept art, all that stuff, right? Do you think it's a new property? Do you think it's a new property that's that would be going to Xbox from Kojima, or do you think? Yeah, yeah. You don't think Death Stranding is just getting a port? No, no, no. Because the the rumor was like a new game. The, like the what was going around was like a project, not just like because a, a port of Death Stranding is not interesting, um, especially if a game that's been out on PC for two years now and like. Yeah. Do you think that Microsoft, do you think that there's been a, okay. Um, so do you think there's been a quiet acquisition at all between Microsoft or Sony of Metal Gear? Of Metal Gear? Of, of I'm not going to say Silent Hill because I know that when you say Silent Hill. <laughs> but do you think there's been a, a, a quiet acquisition of any of those IPs for like from either Microsoft or Sony? to give him to work. Like, I'll, I'll say Microsoft. Do you think Microsoft have quietly acquired the rights to either Metal Gear or Silent Hill uh, for Kojima to work on? No. Um, and I, I honestly don't think he would want to work on those at the moment anyway. Like, no. I think it, it was very deliberate for him to make Kojima Productions. Yeah. Um, one, one, so he can make his own projects and two, so he could stroke his own ego. Um, and like, I think him going back to work on, even though like, you know, Metal Gear was his baby, um, like literally the baby in Death Stranding. Um, but like, <laughs> even though like that was his project and he was obviously working very hard on, on a new Silent Hill, that was going to be a, a Kojima Silent Hill. Um, I think that he's... It, it, he wouldn't go back to those projects when he has the option to make a new one, right? Like potentially create another one that would have a, a, for hopefully, obviously for, for his sake, a legacy that would, um, a legacy to surpass Metal Gear. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't think so. I Mm. I don't think so. So, uh, okay. So if you you don't, See, here's my thought process behind sure. it, is that Microsoft <laughs> Xbox um, are, in a, are in a phase right now where they're obviously still kind of like surveying the uh, the gaming sphere right now and going, okay, where, 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 what do we do? The industry is like, you know, needing, we're needing something hot. And they would be like, well, let's try and let's make an offer to Konami and let's buy out. Metal Gear, 
and offer it to Kojima and he can make an exclusive Metal Gear for Xbox, right? And let's face fact, Microsoft can. They've got like infinite money. Oh, they so can. They so can. <laughs> they got infinite money. They can turn around and go, hey, Konami, here's $9 million. We'll just take a Metal Gear, like, sorry, $900 million. Here's Metal Gear. Uh, so we'll take Metal Gear off your hands and Konami will jump all over that because they love money. Um, I don't think they would. How I th- mu- I th- if, if they were to sell it, how much do you think that Konami would sell it for? Oh, I have no idea. I have I have absolutely no clue. But I think what Konami would say is you buy, like, you know, it's a package deal. you got to buy the company. Um, you know, no. you want, you want, you, you know, I reckon, I, I reckon, I reckon. No, Konami, no, 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 no. I, if I was still Spencer, I'd be like, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't think Konami of, you know, 2021 fits with what Microsoft are doing, um, which Konami of 2021 is, like, holding on to IP with their, like, cold, yeah, dead, but, but hands I would argue that machines. I would argue that with uh, Phil Spencer wanting to Japanese it up. Oh, he, he does. He, he's, you know, definitely expressed interest in, you know, Japanese and all that kind of stuff, yeah. And that's totally. the thing, like, uh, it... it <clears throat> That's why I bring it up. Like I think that that with that with 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 uh, Kojima's legacy behind like Metal Gear and everything else, he won't ever be able to escape that. And for him personally, it's just as much of a closure. And I use that term as closure. Death Stranding was to like uh, you know Metal Gear. There's that big part of him that's like I wasn't finished. I mean, he referenced Metal Gear in the fucking Death Stranding Director's Cut teaser from, like, two months ago. The box. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't think he'd do it. I I think that's him having fun, Mm. but I don't think he would do it. Um, I think think there are two other companies that I think Microsoft would go to before they would go to Konami. Um, So, first one was Sega. Yeah. because like th- there was that rumor going around for a little bit that that, that they were going to buy Sega, um, it, it it turned out being nothing. Yeah. But I I could see that being as the size of a company that they would want to, um, invest in Sega. Of you know they're putting out games frequently, but like they're not they're not the Sega of old. They're not the Genesis Sega. Um, and I think that they would be able to. Like I, I think they have some properties that Microsoft would be very interested in. Mostly, like like Sonic would be a really good fit for Xbox. I think it's a a strong character mascot, and it's also um, a lot more kid friendly than a lot of the stuff that they got going at the moment. Um, and mm. Sonic is very popular, especially you know they've got movies going on now, right? So it's funny, yeah, exactly. It's funny that you bring that up. Actually, I've got it on good authority uh, from a very close source that is just close within the industry and knows. A lot, basically. Uh, I was having a conversation with them uh, around the time the Persona 5 uh, coming to Xbox leaks were happening. Um, At the time, there was no deal signed uh, between uh, Sega and Microsoft at the time. Now, from what I'm hearing, there has been a deal signed and that Persona 5 will be making this way to Xbox and and an announcement may be imminent from Gamescom. Is, is Persona Sega? It is, yeah. Well, it's uh, uh, Sega it's owns a, Atlas. Does Sega own Atlas? Okay, right. I, I yeah. wasn't aware of that. So Atlas, uh, so this was back in 2012, I believe. Uh, Atlas uh, 
were going through bankruptcy. They they filed right. for bankruptcy, and uh, they they were basically looking for a buyer. Nintendo was the one that was looking at them. Like Nintendo were like, "We're going to buy you." Then Sega just swooped in and bought them. <laughs> right, gotcha. And say, and Nintendo were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, Sega bought uh, Atlas out back in I think 2012. So. There's yeah. a lot of this works. So never mind. I'm imagining Mario going to give him money and Sonic running faster than him <laughs> giving him. Like, it's just. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, it, uh, I remember when it was happening because uh, Atlas were very, very much. Uh, <clears throat> Atlas were like doing the takedown notices on YouTube here, left and right and center. It's not a Sega. It, yeah. And then all of a sudden, when they went into bankruptcy, Sega were like, oh, we'll buy you out. And let's do it together now. I'll let take down. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So basically, uh, yeah. So Sega owns Atlas, and that that now that from what I'm hearing, there is a deal penned between Sega and Microsoft to have Persona land on Xbox at some sure. point. Uh, and an announcement, like I said, is imminent between uh, Gamescom to the end of the year. Right. Uh, it could happen at Gamescom. But the, the, uh, like I said, the, this is coming from a source uh, within the industry, um, sure. very reputable as well. I can't, and I'm not going to name any names, but uh, they, Phil Spencer, <laughs> Phil Spencer himself <laughs> told me. But yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah. So it, it's 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 likely to happen, and when it does, that might actually open that forbidden door for Sega to kind of be like. I mean, we've, we've, we've expressed interest in, you know, publishing titles on multi-platforms. I mean, yeah, this and that. And then Microsoft just hands them money and says, shut up and come here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, th- there's that. The other one I was thinking potentially, um, and that, that's only because they've had a very, very strong year. Um, and that might be a, a case against them getting a- uh, acquired, honestly. Um, but it would be Capcom. Um, because oh, that's an interesting th- one. Because they've got, like, you know, they've got, what, like, one character left in Street Fighter Five, and then it'll be, they'll probably release one more version of that game as, like, the complete edition, and then they'll be announcing six. Um, Resident Evil, obviously, doing very well for them. Monster Hunter, obviously, doing very, very well for them. Mm. Um, and I could see Microsoft looking at that going, hey, like, great job, past, like, 12 years, uh, 12 years, 12 months. Um, Here's some money. Yeah, like want want to come over and do that again for us. Mm. Um, so, so, do you think that Capcom could become Xbox? Like, the idea of that is insane. Yeah, the idea of them buying Bethesda was insane. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest—they overcompensated when they bought them, but a little bit, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's the thing. Anything can happen right now within yeah. the industry. It's so, it's so weird. I love it though. I love that. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to talk about. It's fun. I mean, look at it. We're talking about an Xbox Game Studio exclusive that's actually just the last exclusive of the year for PlayStation. (laughs) That's because Sony has still haven't announced they acquired Bluepoint yet. (laughs) (laughs) And when are they going to announce that Blue Box is Kojima Studios? Uh, The next one comes by the way. (laughs) The last one comes by the way of Jay Peters over at The Verge, who says uh, Ghost of Tsushima's multiplayer mode is getting new content and a standalone release. Uh, he goes on, Ghost of Tsushima's multiplayer mode, Legends, is getting some new free content and a standalone release. Sony, develop- uh, Sony and developer Sucker Punch announced Wednesday. The standalone release will be available on sept- uh, September 3rd for $19.99 US, uh, so basically 20 bucks across the board anyway, on both uh, PS4 and PS5. Uh, the same day 
uh, a big new 2v2 mode called Rivals will be introduced to Legends. Here's how Darren Bridges, a senior game designer, as Huckle Punch describes it in a blog. In Rivals, two teams of two will compete to defeat waves of enemies. With each defeating uh, with each defeated foe, you'll collect a Magadama. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, that you can use to harm uh, the other team. Uh, for example, you can uh, spend Magadama on shades to block your opponent's uh, purchases. Curses, in brackets, health drain, exploding bodies, etc. Uh, watch a fire, and more. Once you've spent enough Magadama, you'll unlock final stand waves. Complete these before the opposing team to win. And there's a video preview there. Um... Sucker Punch is also launching an update to Legends on August 20, uh, the same day as the release of Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut that includes uh, rebalancing survival mode. And the, de the developer is promising that Legends will receive a, quote, new piece of content each week from September 10th throughout August 1st. Oh, sorry, uh, through <laughs> October 1st, not backwards, uh, including a new map for Rivals. Uh, if you pick up the standalone legends uh, and want to, this is the interesting one. If you pick up the standalone legends and want to play Ghost of Tsushima uh, single player campaign, you need you can upgrade to Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut, which includes a new island to explore and more animals to pet uh, for forty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> on PS4 and PS5. We we had a little bit of a chat before the beginning of the show about this. What, 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 why are they doing, why are they doing this standalone, multi like, it's, uh, Ghost of Tsushima's multiplayer mode is excellent for it when it's bundled with the game. There's no reason for them to be like, let's become Apex and just release it. Apex is free to play, so, like, it All doesn't right, even, okay, like, sorry. compete. Let, let's, let's release it as a, uh, a, a paid multiplayer title it's just weird it's a, it's a weird release yeah it is a really weird release what's your um, thoughts like I, I i didn't really like so i'm, I'm not a big ghost of Tsushima person um oh. yeah like I, I thought it was fine um but like it, <laughs> it was I, fine I just, I just thought it was fine um i would have, would have rather another infamous to be completely frank um and so when when they like I've and I've played the multiplayer. I think like for, look for what it is, the multiplayer is is, is pretty Fine. decent. Yeah, um, it's it was cool that it was bundled through. You know, I didn't have to pay extra for it because um, I I wouldn't have. Um, but I got it for free and I got to play and it was like yeah, neat, night. Yeah, cool. same. Yeah. Good job. Um, I don't know what like, it offers new players though. Like what what are you are, are you there new players? To, yeah, like sucker. Are you gonna sucker people into paying like paying sucker for? <laughs> uh, into paying for just the multiplayer itself when they don't have any experience with the mainline campaign. It's just who's who's really going? Oh fuck! I really wish I could play the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer. Who doesn't own Ghost of Tsushima? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, like those people don't exist. No, I mean, look, um, it's great that they're offering it because yeah, you know, sure, I guess. I mean, people could be like, "Hey, man, have you played the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer?" It's Fine. It's fine. You should play it with me. It's not, but that's the thing. Like we just mentioned, Apex. Apex is awesome, right? Yeah. It's something that I'd be like, "Hey, Jeremy, let's play a game of Apex." You'd be like, "Yeah, cool. I'll download it and get onto it, yeah. and you know, don't have to pay anything. Uh, yeah. It's free. So cool. Done. 
this you gotta pay for it and it's subpar yeah. it's like and it's 20 bucks no <laughs> yeah like you can get some good games for 20 bucks you can get some like you know you know how many there are so many good indies there's so many good indie games you get for 20 bucks get um, Celeste yeah yes get Celeste yeah. <laughs> get it get 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 I'm so, I love Su- generation oh there you go you know so that look, game's great i love sucker punch i'm i'm actually good uh, i'm friends with people who develop a sucker punch but shit <laughs> even i know that this is a mistake yeah like this is not something that they should be investing in like uh, cool if there's like one or two people who buy it good on them they're probably gonna play it once and go like what the fuck did i buy this for yeah <laughs> Find the worst story to go along with this game. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're going to invest in Ghost of Tsushima, buy the game. Yeah. But and the multiplayer will be free. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy this. <laughs> buy uh, and if anything, buy the the director's cut when it comes out on PS5 because you get the yeah. DLC. You could pick up a pre-owned copy of Ghost of Tsushima real cheap. That's right, and you get you, and all you have to do is pay on top, and you get the DLC and the upgrade. It's like and the multiplayer. That's right, for free. Shit, yeah. you could buy that. You probably could find it pre-owned for like thirty bucks, forty bucks these days. Probably, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, you know, uh, even people who work at JB on stuff price twenty bucks. Anybody who's uh, goes to JB asks for a better deal. Um, cost price is quite cheap, but yeah, it, you know, like just you know, you you get it, and it's twenty bucks for for content that's. Blah. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not even. It's not something that I would advise. Like I can't believe that I'm not advising it. We're a PlayStation show, and we're telling you not to buy it. It's 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 insane that they thought. Oh, this will. They know we're reputable. What this would sell gang? <laughs> this would sell gangbusters. Come on. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's know. a really confusing one. All right, Jez. Time for the drop. What do we got this week? We got a we got a bunch of games here. A lot of a lot of these games I've never heard of before. Um, looking at the list today, so a lot of a lot of fresh faces. We have on August twelfth. We have the Plane Effect. Uh, on August twelfth, we also have Tetragon and Foreclosed. All of those coming to uh, PS4 and PS5. Yep. Um, aside from Tetragon, sorry, only PS4. <laughs> uh, Hades uh, is finally coming to PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five on wow. August thirteen. If you have not played Hades. You should definitely play Hades. Amazing game. You should buy Hades instead of buying um, Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> uh, <laughs> multiplayer fucking standalone thing. Um, Hades, so good. Uh, yeah, very good. So everybody in that game is so hot. It's a bisexual's dream. It's just like, it is such a good fucking game. Good game. Uh, August 17th, we have Greek Memories of Azur. Greek spelt G-R-E-A-K. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Um August 19th, we have Recompile and Rims Racing. Um, uh, Rim, Rims Racing, which is all capitals. Yeah, I'm which, such a fucking child, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, Rims Racing being a PS4 game as well as PS5, while Recompile only on PS5. Yeah. Um, Tsushima Director's Cut, PS4, PS5, August 20th. Mm. The last game that Sony has ever made um, is, <laughs> is, is coming out on August 20th. Um, oh, something we forgot to mention. Uh, maybe, I guess, Last of Us P- Last of Us Part 2 PS5 would be the last big thing they might have to fit the end of this year, I guess. <laughs> if, I don't know. If, that, if that's even a thing, that hasn't been announced. No, so, it like, hasn't, but... Because they're working on that multiplayer, right? Yeah, they are. 
But we, where's that? Uh, but I, yeah, but yeah, again, it's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, Last of Us multiplayer was fine. A lot of people make it out to be the best thing in the world. It's a par. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, wouldn't pay twenty bucks for it. That's for sure. No, I felt um, uh, Arietta of Spirits um, on not August twentieth. Spirits, not not Kena Bridge of Spirits. Um, I think. <laughs> So th- this game is coming out on August 20th. Did Kingdom Bridge of Spirits originally have an August 20th release date? August 24th. Ah, uh, okay, right. So, but they're close uh, together. I mean, that's... Very, <laughs> very close. Ariana <laughs> breathed a sigh of relief when they, relief when they found out that Kingdom was oh, coming no. out in August. Yeah. Uh, on August 20th, we also have Madden NFL 2022 cool. on PS4 and PS5. Um, King's Bounty 2 on PS4, August 24th. I expect you to die to the spy and the liar on PSVR on August twenty fourth. Nice. Um, it is also coming to PS other VR platforms. Um, so don't think that there is someone in twenty twenty one releasing an only PlayStation VR game, <laughs> especially when you have to get a dongle to get it working on the PS four uh, yeah. PS five. We have Hoa H O A on PS four PS five August twenty fourth also, mm. as well as Aliens Fire Team Elite, which is a worse name than Aliens Fire Team, which is what it originally was called. Um, PS4, PS5, once again, August 24th. That is your drop for the next two weeks. And I'll tell you what, what a list. Stacked two weeks. <laughs> Nothing but games. You Nothing like games? games? We got them. Yeah. Rims racing. Rims racing. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Out of that list, Hades pretty much is what I look at and go, yeah, that, that's awesome, but I've already played it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, honestly, same. Um, like, I'll try Ghost of Shima Director's Cut. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't love it on the PS4, but maybe I'll, I'll like it a lot more on PS5 with all the new enhancements. That could mm. be cool. I think it's like... Um, but aside from that... T- 20 bu- it's 20 bucks for the upgrade, actually, yeah. I think so, yeah. So, we'll make sure to have some coverage on dashgamer.com. I'm sure you guys will talk about it over on Minimap as well. Um, Definitely will. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Guys, if you didn't know, this has been Operation PlayStation, DashGamer.com's dedicated PlayStation podcast, where we dive deep and dirty and discover the latest and greatest PlayStation have to offer in 2021. If you like what you heard, make sure you follow Mr. Jeremy Bradetich over on Twitter at ob one Jez, follow myself on Twitter at DashGamer. Yeah, good, good, good. Wrong way. Fuck. Every time. <laughs> Don't forget to follow the show over on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Give us those cheeky five-star ratings. That surely help us out. <laughs> also, catch the VOD over on dashcamera.com and on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that bell. Give us a like. Leave us a comment. Make us your number one PlayStation destination in Australia. Ah, oh, Jez. Another what awesome. What a fun episode. It was good. We had a, a lot one. of... We had a lot of... Uh, poking fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was a good episode this week. because each other like, and everybody else. <laughs> big contrast from our last one. This one was good because, uh, you know, we had, we had some good news in this one. And, yeah, I just had a lot of fun doing this one. So, good episode. Uh, we'll be back in another two weeks to you guys. Uh, but until then, this operation is complete. Gamer.com